Hello and welcome to the third podcast from the Chartered Institute of Ergonomics and Human Factors to help us deal with our new reality under the COVID-19 pandemic. My name is Kim McAllister and this episode concerns the return to work, the psychological, emotional, cognitive and physical factors to consider. I spoke to three experts in psychology, human factors and ergonomics to find out what staff and employers alike should consider as we return to work. When the COVID-19 you know, disappears from our lives and when the lockdown eventually comes to an end, that doesn't necessarily mean that the stresses will actually end within the work environment. Roxanne Gervais is an occupational psychologist. There is still the uncertainty of is there going to be a second wave, is there going to be a third wave, when will the vaccine be developed. So there's always something for them to be thinking about because they still have to function as frontline staff. They still have the same amount of stress as the, especially nurses, you know, they've got the cognitive demands, the emotional demands, the physical demands. And it's one of the few professions that actually has every single demand that they have to, you know, be aware of every single day. There was a really lovely piece of of writing that was done by someone called Dr. Gurnam Singh at um, Coventry University, who is a specialist in uh, black and minority ethnic inclusion in the workplace. He used a really elegant phrase, which was that we need to humanise our communication. Sarah Sharples is a professor of human factors at the University of Nottingham. And, And this is something which is so important in encouraging people to feel able to express their anxieties, to have those anxieties listened to, so active listening and recognising those anxieties. Also understanding how those anxieties can be addressed and alleviated. People are grieving, people are still going to be anxious about any exposure that they may have to um, the virus through not only being at work, but travelling to work or or meeting with um, colleagues in in a work situation. Making sure that there is no judgment against people if they do raise anxieties is incredibly important and, and requires for some quite a different style and and change in management style that that might be quite challenging. So again, building up the confidence of managers to have those quite personal conversations, I think is going to be really important. While the return to work will no doubt have its difficulties for every individual and industry, those who have been working on the front line during the pandemic will have their own struggles to face. Too many demands and, you know, continuous demands without the required control in place without the required support, without, without the required all the additional resources that you need to help you manage the demand, those demands are quite harmful because you have a lot to do, but you don't have the support to get it done. So you're constantly pushing the body, pushing the brain. And if you can't step back, if you don't, can't say then I need to take a break from X demand, I need to take a break from Y demand, and you just keep going, then it will have a drain on your body and it will have a physical effect and it will also have a mental effect on you. The research that we've been tapping into is suggesting that people don't want to actually uh, risk their health in coming in to work if they're going to spend their time at work trying to avoid each other. Jim Taylor is Head of Design and Wellbeing at Orange Box. Particularly if it's kind of a process job where they can do it pretty well from home. In fact, they've proven that all those issues we were worried about with trust and people's technology and um, is actually working tremendously well if it wasn't for the fact that we were having to homeschool on the side. So why do people actually need to come back in before we have a have a vaccine? And there's a survey by WK Space that's been a rolling survey talking to 22,000 people since we've been in lockdown. And the most popular response is, I would like to come back in maybe two or three days a week 
uh, control those hours, know that the place is safe to come back to, but it's really only to collaborate. That's what I'm missing. It's almost exaggerated some of those diversity inclusion issues that we see within the workplace already. And and I think it's exacerbated by the sheer helplessness that we all feel about the situation. So, for example, you can imagine a team where you've had some staff who have been furloughed and some who have not, a team where um, uh, some people might live on their own. So the challenges they're dealing with through lockdown and, uh, are around isolation and around loneliness. Yet you might have someone else who is a parent or is caring for an older relative who has really, really struggled to maintain their work output alongside their care responsibilities. And I think one of the most important things when you recognise those diverse effects that will be experienced by a team is that we mustn't impose our own experiences on other people. So um, uh, I might reflect on my own experience when my children were little and think, oh, I could have coped with that or I couldn't have coped with that. My children are different to other people's children. And it would be really inappropriate for me to say, well, that would have been okay for me, so that must have been okay for you, because we don't know the details of people's individual emotional responses, and we don't know the details of people's individual circumstances. And there is only so much that people feel willing to share in a workplace. So so I think that the, the biggest thing, the, the, or the most impactful thing that we could do is recognise it's been difficult for everyone, and have that discussion about what therefore everyone needs in order to return to work most effectively. The thing I'd sort of come back to from a cognitive point of view is remembering that there are two things that we absolutely must do. The first thing is we absolutely must make sure our workplaces are safe. So we need to follow the government guidance and implement all of the required actions in order to make sure that as far as the, as far as we can possibly understand from a scientific point of view, our workplaces are safe. But that's not, that's the bare minimum. Because what we also need to do is to implement any changes, which might be about teamwork, might be about additional changes we make to the work environment, that give people the confidence the workplace is safe. In conclusion, let me introduce the Chief Executive of the Chartered Institute of Ergonomics and Human Factors, Nurzman Rashid. The COVID-19 pandemic has highlighted the psychological and physical well-being issues whether a person is working from home or in their normal work environment, which could be everything from an office space, factory floor, or a customer-facing public environment. Whilst many employers have been aware of the physical and safety issues of work, perhaps more have avoided dealing with the psychological issues, often referred to as mental health issues. And worse still, there has been a stigmatisation attached to this. During this pandemic, the psychological issues of homeworking and now the anxiety attached to returning to work and the fear about workplaces that may not be safe is causing distress. Our advice to employers is to undertake a staff survey to engage their employees to find out what their anxieties and issues are and any ideas they may have for making their workspaces safer from the transmission of the COVID-19 virus. In line with government guidance, we recommend that employers undertake a risk assessment before staff return to work and let staff know whether they have or are doing to implement measures to reduce the transmission of the COVID-19 virus. 
The Chartered Institute of Ergonomics and Human Factors, working closely with other professional bodies like the British Occupational Hygiene Society and the Society of Occupational Medicine, have produced guidelines on creating a safe workplace. These guidelines can be accessed through the following link, covid19.ergonomics.org.uk. I'll just repeat that covid19.ergonomics.org.uk. Resources on this website also include infographics to help people share learning more easily about working from home, as well as podcasts on how others are responding to COVID-19. From the Chartered Institute of Ergonomics and Human Factors, please stay well and stay safe. 